You're listening to the sermon cast of First Presbyterian Church Spartanburg. To watch the full video of this worship service and to learn more about the ministries of our church, visit us online at fpcspartanburg.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Our New Testament passage comes from Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and glorious God, bless the reading of your word, the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts for your glory. Amen and amen. You are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Jesus' words are simple and they're strong for that time and for now. You see, those who were following Jesus, those who were sitting around for the Sermon on the Mount, he had begun it in an easy way with blessing, blessing them, blessing those who they didn't think deserved blessing, blessing the poor in spirit, those who showed mercy, those who were meek. And before Jesus really got rolling into the Sermon on the Mount, doing teaching, taking the law and turning it around, he gave them these words here that I just read. Words of proclamation and declaration, not direction. Jesus was stating the fact that you are the salt of the earth. Those are his followers. They weren't doing anything special to be that. They just were salt, preservative, healing agent. That's what Jesus called his followers, not just for themselves, He didn't say that his blessing and his peace and his way was just to benefit them. No, he stretches it. You are the salt of the earth. He says that they have a purpose, a contribution to make to those beyond themselves. We know in our day and time that the earth needs healing. The earth needs preservative to keep the good going. And Jesus said, just by being you, you are blessing it. You are healing it. Just following Jesus, emulating Jesus, helping, caring, creating beauty and goodness, that keeps the good going. You might remember that a little salt can go a long way. We don't have to have it all figured out to be the salt of the earth. Just a little touch with Jesus might be enough for you to make your contribution. Like a little bit of salt on watermelon or cantaloupe really can bring out flavor that you didn't know was there. 
Or maybe it was like for me on Friday when just a little thing made a difference. Ned and I were on one of our hikes in the mountains and it was one of the funniest ones we've ever had. I won't tell you the long story of it, but the gist of it is we got caught in the rain, big rain. And there we sat under an umbrella because Ned of course packed an umbrella on a rock outcropping, deep in the woods, high up lonely trail. We thought it would be a sprinkle, the umbrella would suffice, but oh no, we hadn't seen the cloud on the other side of the mountain. It began to rain, and then it began to pour, and then the umbrella actually began to rain on us. (laughs) And there was a moment there When I had the chance, the choice, to be normal, Ansley, and complain a little bit, but I felt the Holy Spirit bubbling in me, bubbling in a strange way, bubbling laughter. Did I dare? Mm. But the Holy Spirit got hold of me, and as I thought about how silly we looked, huddled under an umbrella, getting soaking wet on a rock cliff, pretty much, I couldn't help it but laugh. Well, Ned did not join in. (laughs) But I will say the laughter did break the tension and helped relieve him that I would be okay. And we would make it back up and down the raging water on the mountain just fine. A little bit of salt, a little change of attitude can make all the difference. Maybe for you it's a change of attitude in your home or maybe it's catching the stranger's eye and smiling, recognizing your humanity is shared. Or maybe it's just relieving someone so they don't have to worry for you. A little bit of salt can go a long way. Jesus goes on to say that we, we are the light of the world. Not just light for ourselves so that we can find our way. No, we have a bigger job than that, a bigger purpose. We're to bless the world with the light of God's love. We're to show the way, and with this declaration is a promise. God says through Jesus that there will not be a basket over it. A city on a hill will be seen. God will make sure the light gets out. We don't have to worry about how many followers we have or how far the word has spread. Jesus will handle it. After seminary, I had a great time being a pastoral intern in a great church in Ambler, Pennsylvania. They were a roll up your sleeves church. They were get out there and get in it kind of people. I got to do all kinds of ministry. And one that stood out to me even years, years later is prison ministry that I went to. Now, some of the folks that joined in for this Bible study once a week, some of them were the likely folks you would think that had a heart for it. But there were others who felt or looked as about as uncomfortable as I did, a little nervous, but there they were every week. What was surprising about it to me 
was that in the Bible study, sure, some of our church members led the study, but then some of the inmates did as well. There were leaders there. And what surprised me so were some of the most gracious leaders were the folks that were there for life, the lifers. That's how the Bible study grew. Those folks had light in them, God's light. And just moving around in that place, they drew others to the Bible study. Maybe you've seen such light in someone. Maybe someone's had a spiritual awakening and has discovered a new thing and wants to tell you about it. Or maybe it's the folks that have that steady and true light to whom you go for advice because you know their faith is deep and strong. Lighthouses of sorts. Light can also be communal, like the picture on the front of your bulletin that shows stars in the sky and that shows individuals bringing candles. It was beautiful. The artist wrote how he was inspired by liturgical processions and then peace vigils in Central America, showing how that light candles, one by one, brought together can light up the night. It made me think about Montreat, the youth conference, when they have the Lake Susan, they ring it in candles. And the night is brought to light. Individually or together, we are the light of the world. Another place we can see it that stretches our mind, maybe you noticed it this week in Ukraine. For those who were war weary, they still came out when their beautiful Transfiguration Cathedral in Odessa was bombed. People appeared in the streets quickly after to try to rescue the art and the icons. People showing up for each other and for the cathedral like they hadn't in a while. The light will shine. God will see to it. Just like Jesus has a message for his followers to be who they are. Just be that. The light and the salt, it will bless the world. So Jeremiah in the Old Testament had a similar message, but he stretches it for us. It's a little more for us to ponder today. His message here to these exiles is be who you are in faith where you are. Now that was a surprise to the exiles. If you don't remember, the Israelites had been conquered by the Babylonians and they were hauled 900 miles away to Babylon. And there they waited for a message from God. Jeremiah, their great prophet, what would he say? What word of hope would he give them to hang on? We're coming for you. And said this message they received is not at all what they were hoping for. They were forlorn. They didn't want to be there. And the message that God sent was, pray not for Jerusalem, pray for Babylon. It was shocking to them. Pray for the captors that were holding them. What in the world? What's more, in the message there was no tune or inclination that help was coming soon. Instead, Jeremiah sent word to settle in, build houses, have families, invest in that place. 
their story would be a long story. They would be there 70 years. It was like God was painting a giant mural saying, love where you live. And they did not want to hear it. How can it be? We were meant for Jerusalem. We were meant for the promised land, they were thinking. We were meant for where living is easy and good, where we're supposed to be. But God instead strengthened their faith with an old truth. In the verses that follow right after this in Jeremiah 29, God promises them something better. God says to them, when you call upon me, I will hear you. I will be with you even though you are far away. When you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. Israel has to relearn that God's presence is not dependent on a building or a place. God is with them even without the familiar comforts. And what they are to do to connect to God is to pray and to serve and their faith will strengthen. The message, what the message was old, it was true that God was with them wherever they were. Ernest Gordon was a man who writes a memoir of the most extreme example of living faithfully where you are that I've ever read. I've mentioned it before in sermons. Maybe you remember the book, To End All Wars. He was a British prisoner of the Japanese in World War II in the jungles of Thailand. In the prison camp, he was sent to the tent where folks go who wouldn't recover. Miraculously though, other Christian prisoners didn't give up on the sick. They cared for him day and night so that his body healed. And as he talked with them about why they did that, his soul awakened there in that prison camp. When he returned to the general population, he learned of other Christians out there. And he realized God had not left us. He was with us, calling us to divine life in fellowship. He writes, I was beginning to be aware of the miracle that God was working in the death camp by the River Kwai. You see, he learned of others there. There were hundreds. He learned of others who were living sacrificially follow, following Christ. And he saw he had to take a place with whatever was good, is how he writes it. I had saw I had to take my place with whatever was good and begin to give what I had to offer, however small it might be. You see, even as they did hard labor there and built a railway through the jungle, the life of the prisoners became more centered on Jesus. They figured a way to worship. They built a little church in the jungle. And even when the guys would walk through it with supplies, they would pause and note they were in the house of God, even though they were walking through the middle of the jungle. They learned faith from each other. 
They brought hope to the hopeless through the arts, through literature, through music. And you think, how could they do that? They pulled together their resources, what they had learned back home in university, what they had learned in elementary school. There was one guy there who had a photographic memory memory, and drew up scores of classical music wrote them so that those who created woodwind instruments out of the bamboo could play them. In 18 months, God brought revival and deep faith to so many in this camp. So much so that near the end of the war, when they were moved by train toward Bangkok, they encountered a stop, at a stop, a train load of abandoned enemy soldiers who were severely wounded. Gordon and the other prisoners of war approached the wounded ones. They offered them their rations of food and water against their own Japanese guards advice. And when the Japanese guards questioned them, why are you giving your precious water to these enemies? They pointed to Jesus and Jesus' call to love your neighbor. It's just profound what God can do through Jesus Christ to bless the world. Quite differently, we here in Spartanburg are so fortunate We have a beautiful mural that says, love where you live, and we take pictures in front of it. Many who have come before us in this place have done so much for it. Just look around, the churches, the colleges, the charities, the beauty, the businesses. And then in smaller ways, if you look carefully, you'll see so many hands at work. The mobile meals delivered, the folks that volunteer in schools, the donations made to many charities in our town. It goes on and on. We are a part of that as salt and light. We are a part of blessing this place where we live. Eugene Peterson says it well, there is no place beyond the potential for holiness. And we, We followers of Jesus, we're to be about unearthing that holiness right here, right now in your family, in this church, in your neighborhood, in your business on the corner. Friends, when we dare to try to be the light and the salt, to help, sometimes it goes very well. And folks say please and thank you, and funding comes easily, And people are able to do their part, and it's fantastic, and we celebrate it. But I've got to be honest, sometimes it doesn't go well. People disappoint, even the folks we're trying to help. Sometimes systems hinder the progress we think can be made. And to be honest, we almost want to just give up. But the hard truth from God to us is that God calls us to be faithful anyway, to be kind anyway, to be truthful 
anyway. To be compassionate anyway. As the saying goes, it isn't between us and the people or us and the systems. It's really between us and God. That's so humbling and so encouraging all at the same time. So I wonder this day, how will the next blessing for our town start? Will it be through a church service? Will it be through a conversation on the corner, in a boardroom, in a classroom, over a coffee? Who's to say what ideas are incubating right now in your hearts or minds? I see the movers and shakers in this room and in this congregation. There is no telling what God can do. Friends, the spirit is moving, always. Our part might be small. It often starts with a nudge or a bubble in your heart. And then just faithfully being salt and light. There's no telling what God can do, even with the likes of us, the unlikely, the unconcerned, the little bit afraid. But this is what I know. The God who freed the slaves from Egypt, the God who remembered the exiles, the God who kept faith alive and waiting for a Messiah for a thousand years, the God who gave us Jesus, love and truth, way and life is the God speaking today. In ancient words, in faith and song from around the world where life isn't easy, but faith blooms. This God, the living God moves among us. Won't you lend your ear, open your heart, let your faith and your mind be renewed and dare to trust him with your life. There is just no telling what God will do. Hallelujah, amen and amen.